Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. I cannot wait to introduce you to Nicole Donnelly a speech-language pathologist who decided to start her private practice after moving to a new city. Instead of getting a new job as an SLP, she joined my Start Your Private Practice program and decided to create a new job for herself. And guess what? She is very happy, and so are her clients who previously had limited access to speech-language pathologists because she is in a more rural area. Let's meet Nicole. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system, and I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life and finally get the freedom flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place. So let's get started. It's interesting. Whenever I do a big opening for the Start Your Private Practice program, I often get people who send me a DM and say, Jenna, I would really like to join, but I'm moving and I'm not sure whether it's a good idea to start a private practice now or wait until I get to my new area. And I tend to get this question a lot before people move because they're concerned about the timing of starting to get their ducks in a row. Basically, they're wondering, Is there anything I can do now or should I wait until I'm there? There's a lot you can do before you move to set up your private practice. For example, you can figure out your private practice name, your logo and branding, figure out how much you want to charge and more. But the best thing to set up before you move is actually a website. And here's why. If you know what city you're moving to, and particularly if you don't know anyone there, Realize that websites are excellent marketing tools because they help people who are actively searching for services find them. A mom in Bend, Oregon, who wants services for their child, can hop on Google in the middle of the night and find local providers. She doesn't know and probably doesn't care that the person didn't grow up there or hasn't lived there for forever. She wants to find someone who has the skills to help her child. Websites help you find low-hanging fruit, 
people who are actively searching for services and looking to hire. It doesn't matter if you're moving to a new city or moving into private practice, even part-time, having a website is vital, especially in this digital age. And because of COVID, people are searching to see what services are available and what is open. I often say, if they don't know about you, they can't hire you. So make sure that you have even a simple website to start to get the word out about your services with people who are actually looking for them. Shifting back to Nicole Donnelly, who you're about to meet here, um, while we're on the topic of websites, you can check hers out at sunflowerspeechtherapyllc.com. It's so bright and cheery and shares the amazing services, including the groups that she's offering. And y'all, she started her private practice less than a year ago. So talk about someone who is well on her way and doing amazing things in less than one year. She is proof that you can get up and running quickly and fill a void in your community. So let's meet Nicole. Before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? Yeah, so my name is Nicole Donnelly. My location is New Buffalo, Michigan, and the name of my private practice is Sunflower Speech Therapy. And I love how cheery your logo and look is and everything. Y'all, Nicole has this awesome logo for her private practice. I know this because she's a student in Start Your Private Practice, my program, um, which we'll probably talk about later on. But before we talk about that stuff, before we talk about your practice, how it is now, can you take us back to the beginning of your career as an SLP? What was your either first job or jobs like that you had before you started thinking about private practice? Yeah. So when I graduated from grad school, I think as we all feel, we're in school for six years and the the opportunity comes up where you can accept your first job. Well, that for me was a job in a skilled nursing facility. And I quickly accepted this ginormous salary and I was just so itching to have the job that I accepted it. And I lasted a, about six days before I realized that it was absolutely not for me. And um, at, at that point, I worked in a private clinic and I loved the quality of service that was able to be pr provided there. I worked very closely with OTs and PTs. So I have a good background in the importance of incorporating motor into therapy. And I was also able to incorporate that into my previous school position. So my um, the school that I did my internship in during grad school had an opening and that district was my absolute dream. Um, and so then I ended up leaving the private practice and I thought even, you know, for myself, as much as I wasn't married at the time, I didn't have children. I still don't have children. Um, at the, but I thought at the time this would, what would be what was best for my future would be to be in a school and to have school hours. And, um, when the position opened at my, uh, the district that I did my internship in, I was quickly, you know, I quickly jumped on that opportunity I got to be back in the office with, there's three other speech paths and the hearing itinerant in my office. And uh, I, I've learned so much from them. So then the, what brought me back around to private practice is I moved to Michigan last year. Uh, we got married and I moved to Michigan and I started to think, okay, I'm going to apply for school jobs. And I always thought of opening my private practice, but I just didn't quite have that confidence in thinking that it was something I could actually do. So I applied for a school position. I was offered the position 
And then one night I was talking to my husband and I just said, you know, my gut tells me like, maybe now's the time because if I, you know, accept another school position, I'm never going to just stop it in order to start my own practice. So, um, he was all for it and supported me and he wanted me to take the jump. And he said, even if we try it for a year and it's something that's not successful, that I could apply next year for school position. So anyway, here we are now I am, uh, the proud owner of a private practice in New Buffalo, Michigan, and I am no longer, um, you know, working, having a high caseload and all of the paperwork that comes with, you know, the IEPs and all of that. So I'm thrilled. <laughs> I love it. And I, you know, I tell this, I say this all the time that, you know, trust the timing of your life, right? You a hundred percent, you know, most people do move to a new place and some people like have to decide, okay, do I do you know, kind of like the tried and true route of getting a job at a school or whatever, or do I start my own thing? Nicole, you wouldn't believe the amount of people who message me and say, Jenna, I'm thinking about joining your program or thinking about starting a private practice, but I'm moving. What would you say to people who are kind of in that same situation that you found yourself in? I would tell them now is the time. Now is the time to try it. You're moving to a new area, so you don't have this established job or career anymore that you just love that's hard to stop. Um, I think that's one thing for me is I absolutely loved the district I was in. It was my dream district to be in, you know, and everything about it, the people I worked with, the support from administration. I, I can't say enough about the district I was in. So if I would have kept living where I was living and not have moved, um, there's not a chance I would have left in order to pursue this. And so because of the timing of my life and I moved and I did the commute for a year, I stayed at my house a few nights I, and then I would drive and I would stay with my parents a few nights during the week. And it just, it was too hard. It was, it was way too hard on me and uh, it didn't work. So I think now's the time while you're in a transition period of your life and moving, um, you don't have strings attached to another position that, you know, your, your heart is like deeply rooted in. So I would say now's the time to try it. If it's something that doesn't work for you or doesn't fit the needs for you and your family, you can always then go back to the drawing board and revisit your options. But I do feel that you will be surprised at the success you can have is starting your own, your own private practice and, you know, creating your own hours and what works for you. I love that. Great response from someone who has actually done it, right? So you move, you moved to a new town and you're starting your private practice. How did you get some of those first clients when you were kind of new to the scene? So my first clients, I got one client. So my husband was born and raised in the town we live in. So he know, and he's one of eight siblings. So he knows most people around and somebody had contacted him when they learned that I was a speech therapist and asked if. I was interested in seeing any clients on the side because they had a son who was a severe stutterer and they wanted help for him. And I was nervous and I was hesitant. And, you know, I was like, oh, I don't have anything in line. And so I didn't know what to do at first. And I wanted to make sure my ducks were in a row in terms of my LLC and my business and the business ends of things, because I'm 100% confident in myself as a speech therapist, but becoming a business owner and a businesswoman is something I'm completely foreign to. So um, I do think that then once I, I, you know, I started the start class, um, I was able to 
quickly move through the steps to get the business framework and to get myself and the liability and all of that settled. Um, so my first client, I called them when I was ready and we started the next week. And my second client happened relatively quickly as well. Right when I posted on Facebook, uh, I shared my post in a community moms group um, that I was aware of and just on my personal page. And I had someone mes- message me. So right away, I did have two clients who wanted to start with me right away. So I started nice and slow. I started one one week and maybe one about three weeks later because she was on vacation. So it was kind of nice. I'm definitely somebody who wants to ease into something and do it 110% rather than, you know, starting something super fast and feeling like I'm not doing my best at it. So um, it was a very slow transition. And then, you know, quickly after that, my phone started ringing more and more. And, you know, Claudia, who's a mentor in the start group, she lives about 40 minutes from me. And it just so happens that you know, she's a little bit more established than I am in her practice and people would be calling her and it was either, you know, someone she couldn't fit into her schedule or someone who lived closer to me. And she started to contact me with referrals right away. And her and I have built, you know, a great internet friendship. We can't wait now that the world is opening back up to be able to get together in person. But um, I think that, you know, so I started to get referrals that way through her and then word of mouth grew where, you know, so-and-so told me this, or so-and-so told me you're helping their child and things like that. So that's kind of how it grew for me. I love it. And, and listeners, you know, understand that, you know, although your husband was from there, right. Nicole was new to town, didn't have, you know, all of these, you know, kind of contacts or whatever, but just by, you know, starting to put herself out there, starting to have people know, you know, get that awareness and whatnot. And then also making that connection, having people who can refer clients to you who maybe are either too far away or, you know, I know that's, that fluency is something that you're really big on, right? So, and there's lots of SLPs who, if they have, you know, a fluency client or referral, they're like, I don't know, I don't do that, right? So it's like, it's really good to be a type of clinician that serves a population that sometimes other SLPs, you know, don't feel as comfortable with or whatever, right? So you're starting to like, to gain that momentum. And, and before we started recording, you mentioned that you were in, in an area that didn't have a lot of SLP services for people, right? So talk about that too. So the area that I'm in, there is the school, you know, right in our town and they do have speech pathology services. However, like private therapy services are not something that's in our area. So the next closest private practice would be Claudia. Uh, and again, she's she's about 40 minutes from me. And then um, there is a hospital about 20 minutes from us who does have outpatient speech therapy services. However, their wait list is about a year out or about 100 patients out. And so the availability for these families to get service, you know, it seems as if they are being referred by their doctor to there because that's what they know of. And then once they're told you can be on the wait list, it kind of stops there. They aren't, you know, they're not aware that there's other options. And before this, there wasn't another option close by. So um, it's definitely something that's needed. I, my whole life have been one who likes to serve others, sometimes to a fault where I need to probably focus on me a little bit more than I focus on everybody else, but it's kind of how I'm wired. So I love that I can provide this service to my community. 
that, you know, this community is so near and dear to my heart. As much as I haven't lived here, I've always been a summer girl here. My grandparents were boaters. So it's something that's near and dear to my heart. It's near and dear to my family's heart. And now it's home for me. So, you know, I hope that my children one day, if they needed service, that there's another professional in the area who could give them the service they need. So, you know, whatever it might be, but I'm happy that I can be that person for people now who are looking for speech and language services for their child. Well, you're filling the void, right? You're filling the void for the community who needs you, right? And I think that that's that's really important. And it also seems like you're also filling your your own void, you know, professionally and whatnot. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I absolutely, when I was in the schools, as I mentioned before, um, I had thought, oh, this will be like really great, you know, to be off at three o'clock and have the summers off for my family. And and I, I did love it. It's a great flexible schedule, but. As you know, my husband and I started talking and we start talking about our future and about our goal as, you know, future parents one day and how we don't want our children, if they don't have to, to be in childcare five days a week. And um, and that's when we came up with this plan is, well, what if my husband works till four? I could always see clients after, or I could pick up a couple Saturday clients, or maybe childcare is only two days a week. And I have two full days. So it also filled that part of our life where, you know, we both are super hands-on people. We know that the type of parents that we want to be one day are hands-on. And we just knew that it wasn't, we didn't want for both of us to be full-time on schedules that, you know, allowed for our children to have to be with someone else. We'd love it to spend, if we're blessed enough to be able to, we'd love to be able to spend as much time as we can. So doing this allowed me to have flexibility and, you know, knowing that let's say down the road, there's a Christmas play that they're in. I can, you know, move things around for that day to be able to be the mom I want to be or things like that. You know, another example too, is like next in a few weeks, we're going on a vacation. It worked for his schedule. Um, He's a director of the parks and um, as assistant with the water department. And so with summer coming, we live in a tourist town. It's an extremely busy time for this community. So um, summer vacations don't work for what's best for us. So we're going to go in a few weeks before the busy time. And, you know, I was able to let families know that, you know, I, I won't be available, but we could always pencil in to the week before or the week after, or, you know, um, they might just take a week off for the week, but that flexibility is something that I think is really great for us now. And I know it'll be great for our future. So I'm excited to know that I have the flexibility for down the road. A hundred percent. And that's one of the main reasons why people choose private practice is for the flexibility, right? And even what you said about taking, you know, a vacation at a certain time of year or whatever, you know, in, in like real life, like if people are working in, um, real life, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, school jobs, right? Some, you know, school SLPs can't always take vacations during the school year. Right. And so in other, other places like hospitals, you know, you need certain amounts of like weekend coverage or you need all of these kind of things. Right. So sometimes people get into the field for the flexibility only to realize that it's not really as flexible as people need to be. So, you know, so you tell your patients, your clients, okay, I'm not going to be available on these dates, I can double up, you know, here, there, whatever. And usually people are pretty happy that like you're able to go on a vacation, right? They want you to be able to do that. So I think that's awesome that you're already thinking ahead and that you're really building a business for yourself and for your family 
that is going to work for y'all. And I, I think that that's incredible. I'm so excited that you're doing it this way. Yes. Thank you. I am too. And another, just add on with, you know, you saying with the families being excited for me to go on a trip and that's exactly how they've reacted. And I think it's because of the relationship I've built with them and the consistency of communication that I have with them and with, you know, the service that I offer. I think that they know that I'm constantly, I'm here for them and I, I don't cancel typically. So once in a blue moon, it's something that, you know, I do think that they're super understanding about. Yeah, totally. We're still at the time of this recording. We're still, you know, in the middle of this, you know, pandemic, although things are, things are getting better. What would you say that your plans are for the next like year or two with your private practice? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm really excited. I did just launch a couple groups that I'm going to offer for this summer. So I'm excited about that. I am going to cap the groups to a small number. I am going to require the masks for now because that's what our, the state and our CDC, like the CDC and our state are recommending. So I'm, but I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful about the plans I have in place. And I'm excited again, filling a void for something in our community. There's not a ton of things available for children. And I, I just, as much as I can't do something big scale, I think that doing something small scale, you know, that I can is also still me giving to the community. So I'm really excited about that. In the next six to 12 months, I feel like, you know, I've started, I've, I've been starting to think about trying to like hire a contractor or, you know, eventually an employee, um, but somebody to, you know, initially to contract with who wants to see a couple patients or clients on the side. Um, they can use my office space when I'm not here again, flexibility, we can make our schedules based on, you know, when one of us needs to be using the office. So that's definitely something for me. I'm currently in network with Blue Cross. I'm considering getting into network with other insurance companies, but I will say that, you know, you don't have to be in network with insurance companies to be successful. Um, People will absolutely pay for your service. Just for me, I've had a really positive experience with, you know, my insurance end of things right now. So we have a casino in town. I think it would be really important for it that has a ton of workers. And so I think it might be important for me to consider that insurance, you know, to provide a service to those families, you know, so that's uh, something in the back of my head is, do I try other companies? Do I not? And then also just deciding if, you know, the office space I have is going to work for me if I grow, I would say, so it was February. So about two months ago is when I got my office. So before I was traveling, um, going to homes and I, I loved it. The relationship I got to establish with the families and all of that, I really did enjoy it. Um, The problem came in is when my phone was ringing and people were calling from further away as in 45 minutes or so. And I'm like, I I can't, I can't travel that far because I started to feel like I was spending all day in my car and the time I was spending driving from place to place to place, you know, didn't allow for me to be productive. And I'm a big one where I feel like I need to be productive at all times, you know, in order to get all my ducks in a row. So for me, um, I found this really great offer. I'm right in the downtown of our, our little town. And I decided to try the office space for a year. And I'm absolutely loving having the clients come to me. So for me right now, this is what works. I don't think everyone has to do it. But for me, it was what was best for me. Uh, I didn't like feeling anxious while I was driving. I'm somebody who does have a background, you know, that I do have underlying anxiety. And I had to do what felt best for me and for 
you know, and kept me nice and calm and feeling great about what I'm doing. So yeah, so I got an office, but deciding if I'm going to need a bigger space, if my summer groups take off, maybe I need to have a place that has a bigger thing available. Or, you know, if I do decide to grow and have several people working with me, do I want, you know, other offices for them? Do I want to have an OT or PT that's going to need equipment? Um, So these are all things, again, they're just kind of thoughts at this point, but something that my husband and I were talking about the other day is just kind of deciding what this is going to look like for us in the future. I love that. And I love, I love Nicole, how you just kind of going with the flow with this, right? See, responding to community need, thinking about your own needs, thinking about like the future. I think that that's really the best way to go into private practice is to, to do it with an open mind, right? To start mm-hmm. with your goals and think about like, okay, what, what do you want for your life, right? And then also, what does the community need? And how can you blend those two things together in something that really serves you and also serves them, right? So that you can just really continue to be a giver, but also have a business that's that's successful, right? That you can be right. a helping people person and a business person, right? Exactly. And I think that's important. I think you really, you know, hit it on the head with that is kind of just, you know, evolving as it kind of comes to me and not having this specific track in mind that I have to follow. But as a need comes up or as I need to make, you know, modifications, I can. Uh, In fact, one of the summer groups I'm offering is called Crafts and Snacks. And so what it's going to be is I'm a crafter at heart. So as much as it's not you know, speech and language camp, it is going to promote socialization, which is part of our scope of practice. And it's also going to, you know, allow me to use a different end of my talent uh, in order to, you know, allow some of these, you know, children to do something they love during the summer. So I think, yes, just being flexible and ebbing and flowing as things come your way, I think is really important and in keeping that open mindset too. I love it. And think of the creativity that you can have that you you wouldn't be able to do that in another setting, right? When other people are telling you what to do versus now you get to choose what do you offer for your clients? What payer sources do you accept? You know, do you want to have an office where people come to you or do you want to drive to them, right? You get to make all of these decisions yourself. And guess what? You can change your mind too. You can start with one thing and then say, eh, I don't want to do this, or this doesn't feel right, or I've outgrown this. And you're already yes. anticipating what might happen in the future in terms of hires and in terms of space and everything else. So I'm really, really excited to see what happens next for you. Thank you. Before we wrap up, is there any last you know, things that we didn't touch on that you'd like to share, especially with people who are maybe thinking about getting started, but they, you know, aren't really sure if this is the right move for them. What would you tell those people? I would really tell them to believe in yourself as much as the people around you believe in you. That was something that was hard for me as um, I feel like, you know, when I first had this idea, I kind of was shy to the idea of telling people, oh, I started a private practice, you know, but the confidence that I needed to have in myself is something you know, that I quickly learned based on the confidence in me that everybody around me had. And so I think believe in yourself. If this is something that that your heart is telling you, life is short and you need to do what makes you happy. You need to try the things that, you know, you wonder about. So I would definitely say that. Um, I would say consider joining the start group. I have made so many friendships in this group 
And the thing with that group that I love is that I've mentioned Claudia before. Um, Tommy is not that far. And there's so many people who are cheering you on. So even though Claudia and I are in the same county, it's not a competition. There is enough need for all of us to be successful. So in the start group, I mean, questions are always answered. They are always there to encourage you, to cheer you on. And I really do feel that a lot of my success and my confidence and me being able to start a private practice and be a business owner with no business background and no interest in knowing anything about business, truly, if I'm being honest, (laughs) you know, I I was able to do it with the help of the course and with the community that I'm in. And um, I still like, you know, when I get a notification on Facebook that somebody's commenting, I always love looking at it. And now I feel that, you know, as I've gotten started and I feel more confident, now I can give back and help people who were just like me when I started last July. So I would say believe in you and follow your heart. And if this is something that you dream about, now's the time to try. I love it. Wonderful words of wisdom. You know, I couldn't agree more. Where can people find you online? So I am on Instagram, um, Sunflower Speech Therapy, LLC. I am on Facebook as well. And it's Sunflower Speech Therapy, LLC. And then Nicole Donnelly, which is my name. If you're interested, if you're a speech pathologist and you're interested in you know, teachers paid teachers. I also do have a side business with another speech pathologist, a dear friend of mine. Her name is Lisa Otto. And um, her and I worked together in the school district I came from. And she has a background of being a scrapbooker. And I was in graphic design school before I started the speech therapy programming, you know, in college. So uh, we've decided to use our creativity and we started Candy Apple Speech. So, um, We are constantly sharing things, ideas for therapy, um, therapy materials for giveaways and emails and all the things over at Candy Apple Speech, which is we're on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, You can find us there. So um, if you're just looking for ideas or if you're looking for any, you know, therapy materials, we both truly value the idea of incorporating, you know, multi-sensory approaches within our therapy sessions. So we try to create things that really help children that we work with in order to be as successful as they possibly can. So you can check us out there as well. (laughs) Make sure that y'all go check out Nicole, you know, follow her on Instagram, check out our teachers by teacher store. Like it's amazing. It's not amazing, but it's, you have done so much in the last, not even year, right? Like it's incredible how much you've grown. Right. So everyone who's listening, who's like, wow, like she really has like, has it together. Like, she's still growing and still figuring out, but like you have accomplished so much in a relatively short period of time. And so I am so excited for you. So listeners, like if she can do it, like you can do it, right. We can all do this. We can all be successful. There are enough clients to go around. So thank you again, Nicole, for sharing your story and your wisdom and encouraging those who are thinking about it to just, just try it out. See what you think. Absolutely. Try it out and remember to believe in yourself because you can do this. I love it. Thank you. Okay. Don't you love Nicole? I love her energy and how she talked about filling a void in her community, but also filling a void in her own life and how she's created a private practice to help her meet her personal, financial, and professional goals. It's been less than a year since she joined the Start Your Private Practice program And she's already doing such amazing things in her new life 
as a private practice SLP. So if you want to fill a void in your community in your own life, let me help you get your ducks in a row. We decided to reopen enrollment for Start Your Private Practice during the last week of May. So if you're listening to this and Nicole inspired you, head over to privatepracticecourse.com and sign up. When you join, you'll get access to comprehensive video trainings, checklists, worksheets, and a ton of bonuses like our Insurance 101 training and a bonus called the Get Your First Client Quick Start Guide that will help you with marketing. You'll also get 24-7 access to our private Facebook group where students like Nicole and also our mentor team are available to help answer questions and help you get unstuck and moving forward. If this is what you want, if you want to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life, head on over to privatepracticecourse.com and enroll today. I cannot wait to help you start your private practice. I decided to invest in the Start Your Private Practice program because I honestly had no idea where to start. <laughs> and I just didn't really have the confidence or the know-how to be able to do that. So it was really nice to have a system that was all set up for me. I didn't have to reinvent the wheel or start from scratch. It was all there for me. And I was able to land a client within about the first week and a half of me going public with my private practice. So now I have 12 clients. It is such an invigorating and amazing experience. If you want help to start your speech therapy private practice, then head on over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist so that you will be notified as soon as we reopen the doors to the Start Your Private Practice system. Again, that's startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist. I cannot wait to help you start your private practice. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.